It's the Winning Ticket Podcast. We're having fun as minus 1,000 with Dean, Zach, John, and Joe. It's the XFL here on the Winning Ticket Podcast. Thank you all again for joining us. John here, Dean, Zach, Joe. We're having fun as minus 1,000. Um, we're here to show you guys some week six XFL picks. Um, we have a lot to talk about from week five, including our home New York Guardians pulling out a, a win on uh, a really fun game. Yes. I know, Zach, you were on top of all that last week. Guys, what a week. What a week. I think the only thing that we steered you guys wrong on was the under in that game. Yeah, oh, and I'm going to have a lot to say about that because yeah. I was sitting in my room punching air. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't seen the game, actually, uh, the Renegades and Guardians gave up three touchdowns in 52 seconds. Yep. So Three um, fluke touchdowns. Yeah, oh, yeah, if that's not a bad beat, I don't know what is because if you take away one of those touchdowns, then the under hits at a yep, total absolutely. of 36. So pretty easy there, and um, honestly, guys, we were on the right side of that one, but sometimes your your good bets don't hit. We yeah. also have, in this episode, we have some bonus audio from Mike from In the Red Zone. So, yes, thank um, you, Mike. That's Appreciate that's really it. good stuff. That You guys are going to definitely want to stick around to hear that, too. And we may or may not be having to make a friendly wager with him because uh, <laughs> I may or may not be directly contradicting one of his picks, but I'm allowed to do that because if you didn't know, I am 3-0 and in my locks of the week for the last three weeks, and I intend to make it 4-0. and And guys, just to show you how profitable the XFL is, <laughs> crazy stat from me personally, this was my best week of gambling since like week four or five of the NFL season, wow. and it was strictly wow. on XFL. And this wow. guy won our big bank competition, so yeah. he... Zach came in second in the Super Contest, so he had a very profitable NFL season. Oh, yeah. And then already in the XFL, he's probably surpassed I that. won more units than I'm comfortable talking about on this podcast. <laughs> and L.A., man, I was yeah. shitting bricks a little bit. <laughs> I, we got as, those as soon as I came rolling back towards the end of the half, I was like, that's it. And it's funny because because of my successful week, I had people mm-hmm. reaching out to me personally saying, all right, Zach, what's your plays for Sunday, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So obviously it was like, well, you got to bang L.A. Yeah. So I had a lot of angry text messages, but then right around 1130, those angry text messages turns into praise. Well, fun little yeah. pro tip there. If anyone, and it, even you, listener, if anyone is asking you for picks, you can just direct them to Winning TIX Pod on Twitter. We have a whole Slack channel all dedicated. And, of course, you're going to get two weeks for free. Um, and that includes March Madness. Conference tournament episodes coming out soon. Nice. Uh, we actually released a little bonus episode um, of XFL yesterday. It was just a... The Power Rankings episode that Joe got so much good feedback on, we released that as a Slack-only exclusive kind of thing because we don't want to clog your feed with six podcasts a week. So um, (laughs) if you want to hear our voices, Joe and I kind of go through Power Rankings. We did that um, yesterday, and that's up for the Slack channel. A lot of people in the XFL channel are waiting with bated breath to hear this um, because we are, I believe, 15 and 5 in that channel. So we're doing very good. Of course, you don't want to miss out on this. I don't want you to miss out on this. Dude, I what are we collectively, I think, just in the last three weeks as a podcast? We oh, have to be like oh, in the plus for I, sure. I think legit, I think no, gotta be over 60, 70%. We're nine and I want to say like nine and three. Joe, do you do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I know in the last four weeks, if you combine even the live plays, we're 11 and three. So, yeah, uh, without the live plays, we're probably just probably nine and three, which is, is funny. That's how good we're doing in the XFL. I said that almost with a sad tone that we were only up six units because this whole podcast has been killing it since week one. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, guys. Amen. And we got we got of course a lot more um, good action for you coming up this week. Um, so without further ado, let's get after it. I mean, I am wearing a Guardians shirt. It fits me nicely. Um, I have a Guardians Looks hat. Great. Too. Thank you. Thank you. I have a Guardians hat. If you're if you're listening here, I have a I have a great body. I just want to clarify <laughs> that. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, the Houston Roughnecks are minus six and a half at the New York Guardians, and I believe we're going to have some bonus audio on that in a little bit. And but guys, what just, we- just to clarify, guys, it is. Tuesday night, March 10th yes. at 9 o'clock at night. So these are the lines, early lines. Yeah. So we're going to do our best here to kind of give you the idea of what we like the games up to because mm-hmm. we know that you guys, if you're listening to this, it might be Wednesday, it might be Thursday, might even be Friday. So 
XFL seems to be crazy line movement, not compared to your normal NFL games. Yeah. You see sometimes some line swings as big as three or four points. That's right. And, of course, um, we've actually been on the right side of almost every single line move that has happened. Yes. Um, I know that a couple weeks ago, Joe, you had um, Tampa Bay, or, or rather you had Houston minus six at Tampa Bay, and it ended up um, closing around seven and a half, yep. and the game ended at seven. So you want to get early to the window. If you see this pop up in your feed, go give it a listen. It's going to be short. It's going to be entertaining. Definitely listen to it and uh, get your winning tickets in. So, of course, the, the Houston Roughnecks minus six and a half at the New York Guardians. That is the Saturday early game. The game total is 47. Um, I'm going to personally pass this one, mainly because of uh, my fandom and the fact that, um, you know, I had originally had planned to be there, but I, I'm not so sure about that now. So, um, Guardians, Roughnecks. Uh, guys, what, what do you think about this one? I will gladly start this one out, and I know Joe will probably have some stuff to follow. All right, so let me start off with this Guardians uh, Guardians Roughnecks game. So if you've been paying attention to the power rankings, I know there's a million of them out there right now, but because of the win last week and the momentum the Guardians have had, specifically since Perez took over at quarterback, I've seen them as high as three, I've seen them five, I've seen them four. So let's just assume cut in the middle here, it's the fourth best team in the XFL. Questionable. If Seems kind of high, Seems right? a little bit high. Yeah. Their defense had a great performance last week, but we told you that Nelson – for the Renegades, was going to try and perform that air raid offense and not have much success similar to week one. And we were right. He had 49 attempts for only 210 yards. That's that's horrible. Terrible. Wow. <laughs> that is absolutely horrible. Yeah. Do we have a completion number on that? Completion too? percentage was 57%. Yeah, he was kind of dinking and dunking. So he that's was wow. hardly air raid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Perez's stats are a little bit inflated too because he had an 80-yard touchdown that yep. was literally a fluke. The defenders <laughs> literally bumped into each other. That was and the receiver that pushed the game over. Who was that? I believe it was <laughs> Pearson, who had a who literally ran fifty yards with nobody tailing him. Mm-hmm. So if you take those eighty yards away, Perez is literally hovering around like the one sixty, one seventy. He only threw basically fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Guardians of Home seem like they play a little bit better, but realistically, they've been involved in very low scoring games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last last time they were home, they played the Wildcats. It was terrible. They actually probably should have lost. Yeah, uh, if they mm-hmm. made a couple field goals. So now you have the Roughnecks coming in with leading MVP candidate P.J. Walker here, who's throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns, it seems like, every single game. With ease. With ease. <laughs> and to me, this is the, the line just doesn't make sense. You're talking about only six and a half points that they're giving. To me, this should be closer to eight and a half, nine, and yeah. it might even yeah. move th- in that direction. I think so, too. And I think, I think it's going to hit ten. I think Actually. that's the benefit of um, us recording a little bit earlier. We're, t- we're giving you guys um, mm-hmm. kind of the zone of where you could win money. Um, I think that in the XFL, as far as total scoring goes, um, by an average, the winners win by an average of eight and a half points. So I think that's our first key number. And I can really see this line moving over the key number. So yep. mm-hmm. uh, personally, I would say that if you back the uh, Roughnecks, you definitely want to be cognizant of that and not take a bad number yeah absolutely and just to continue guys i like this number up to eight so okay. six and a half to eight yeah. is going to be the line which i feel comfortable laying mm-hmm. now the main reason i think this is because the roughnecks are going to score against the guardians yep. guardians are not very good at the deep ball and also their special teams if you notice the guardians are the only team in the xfl who have la- who have uh, allowed a kick return touchdown not once but twice. Wow, that's crazy. Which is insane. And that, you know, every little bit counts. Yeah. Weather shouldn't that's be an points. issue. It's looking like it's going to be around 55 degrees and sunny mm-hmm. in New York. The travel, I really don't think it's going to be too big of an issue. You're only going from, you know, Houston, New York, what, you know, a three-hour flight. Yeah. It's not so bad. Uh, to me, the difference is going to be that Roughnecks are going to score and the Guardians do not have the offense capable to dig themselves out of a hole. Yeah. I, I can so too, see yeah. this being, and you know, I know Houston is probably going to be the most heavily backed favorite, probably in the public as well, if I yeah. had to guess, just because they are the downright best team in the XFL. With that being said, I don't see the Guardians' defense going to be capable of forcing the turnovers that they did last week. And also, you're not going to have the mistakes made. I know P.J. Walker threw a couple interceptions last week against the Dragons. It was a lot closer game than people thought, although I did tell you to take the Dragons and I liked it up to 10 points. You, they covered mm-hmm. up to 11. Thank you. <laughs> yep, um, right. <laughs> but with that being said, I look at this game. I think the Roughnecks are going to pour it on early and often. And the Guardians just do not have the offense mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with them. I can see them getting in a hole early, and it's going to cause Perez to probably throw some 
throw some untimely interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, the, the ground game's really not going to be too effective. I don't see them being able to control the clock because of the deep threat of P.J. Walker. They're two plays away from breaking the game open. Yep, right. And, of course, P.J. Walker, um, despite throwing two picks last week, um, he actually only has four on the year to 15 touchdowns, so an excellent ratio. Uh, Joe, do you have anything on this game? Because I'm, I'm going to completely pass this one. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Um, from a fan perspective, I'll root for the Guardians, but I'm not expecting uh, to win this game. I don't, I don't really have any feelings. Maybe if it does get um, the line move to be insane around like 10 or so, maybe maybe I'll juice a, uh, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. But, uh, Joe, do you have anything on this one? Yeah, I'll tell you what. You want to know something cool? This game actually opened in one book uh, in Vegas, the only book that had it for about 24 hours. It opened at 4.5 for the Roughnecks. So let me take you back in a time machine two weeks to week four, when the Wildcats played the Guardians in New York, the Wildcats opened at nine-point favorites on the road, and that was when the Wildcats were booty. So it got all the way down to, I think it ended up closing at seven and a half, eight, and then, of course, the Wildcats lost by three. So how on earth are the Roughnecks not, not there yet? How are they not nine-point favorites? And and Mike from In the Red Zone, you know I love you, bro, but here's the issue, man. Last week, the Roughnecks have no problem creating margin. And that was one of the things that I've heard about the Roughnecks is they sometimes let teams get back into the games. Last week, they won by nine. The week before, seven. The week before, seven. The week before, only four, but that was against the Battlehawks, and the Battlehawks had a late touchdown. And then the week before that was 20 against the Wildcats. So this team is – the fact that they've only won by seven each game on an average is kind of telling at how good they are because we expect them to do – much, much more. I don't think that Houston goes into New York and is scared uh, to be on the road at all. I couldn't agree more with Zach. Uh, they're going to keep scoring and scoring and scoring. And the Guardians D might make some nice plays. They might get a couple of sacks. But at the end of the day, four quarters is literally just too long. The Roughnecks, have they're going to have too many possessions, and they're just going to score too many times. The Guardians do not have enough firepower. I like this one. Same with Zach. I think I like this up to eight. After eight, you start to get in the way of that two-point conversion, eight and a half to nine, nine and a half. I lean, but um, once we get into double digits, I'm a little scared of laying that on the road. But, Zach, I am completely with you. As usual, man, I'm going to just ride it out with you. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Um, that's a that's a really good point that, that you wrapped up on. Uh, maybe that's something that, um, you know, I might be taking a, a closer look at uh, moving forward. But and also, let me just add real quick, because, you know, we talk about intangibles, right? So we know how the under got screwed up last week, right? It was mm-hmm. the fluke 80-yard touchdown, then the fluke bat at ball for a pick six. Mm-hmm. Let's take those away, right? The Guardians scored 16 points without those. Yep. Mm-hmm. It'd be 16 wow. to 12. Yeah, and the it, Guardians um, are pretty bad at scoring touchdowns. I know that they were in the bottom uh, percentile. Maybe they were the worst team in the league in offensive uh, touchdowns and scoring of, of that regard. I believe at one point they had five touchdowns, and one of those was the weird fluke fumble return yep. against the, yeah. the Vipers, which honestly I've, I've seen that uh, replay a million times, and that did not look like a fumble to me. <laughs> um, so, so guys, if, if everyone's done, or John, do you have anything yeah. to pile on? Let's let's go ahead and just just gangbang this one. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna echo what uh, Zach and John. I'm gonna get in on this Guardians orgy here. Um, I, I think that the Guardian, this is a perfect fade spot for the Guardians against the best team in the XFL, like you guys are saying. The Guardians, to me, are, are the Jeff Fisher Rams. They're a proverbial 7-9 mm-hmm. or 8-8 eight eight team. Of course, we only have 10 games. Um, they're a 500 team through and through. Guess what? They're 3-2. and two. This week, they're going to be 3-3. Three and three. I, would say, I would take the line all the way up to 10. I think at 6.5 for a Tuesday night, pause it right now. Make sure you get that locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever it is, like I said, I like it up to 10. Certainly I like it up to eight. Um, and I just, I think this is a fade spot for the guardians and the roughnecks are just going to handle business quite easily here. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, there's, I know that we've kind of well documented that Houston, uh, kind of defensively, they aren't much to write home about, but that won't be a problem. Guardians are seventh in the league in offensive yards per game, uh, fifth in rushing and sixth, um, shockingly at, Passing and dead last in points four. But guys, um, I think now is a good time to talk about some offensive leaders. And that, of course, very shockingly, the number one offense in the XFL is the Tampa Bay Vipers. Uh, 391 yards per game, uh, 165 rushing yards per game, 
third in scoring and fourth in passing, um, which is kind of odd considering that Cornelius isn't really that good, at least in my opinion. Um, I know that, once again, uh, burying the lead, that we're going to have some audio in a little bit from our partners at in the red zone. But, um, guys, I do kind of like um, Tampa Bay here. Uh, I, even though I have St. Louis as my number two team in power rankings, I actually have a play that I like a little bit more than Tampa Bay, and that would be the under of 42. Now, you guys know that I've been kind of all over these totals. Like I've been saying that an average XFL game is 39. I'm not going to get scared away by some higher totals coming up this week. Um, I definitely think that, you know, both game, both teams' game scripts are to ball control. Um, as I just read you, Tampa Bay has the best rushing offense. Um, they are going to be without jo- Jacquez Patrick this week. So they're going to have one running back, which will probably lead them to run, run, punt a little bit more. St. Louis, same thing. Great defense, good running game with Matt Jones, former Redskin. Definitely started him in fantasy a couple times. But um, they are definitely a ball control offense with a great defense. Tampa Bay, their defenses look suspect lately, but I have a feeling that they're going to kind of try to nut up for this one at home. Um, St. Louis also not practicing today. They are traveling. Um, they are getting kind of the short straw here. They played on Sunday. Now they're playing on Saturday, and they're traveling today. Um, they're going to have a very short week of practices. I think that that just is going to lead to a flat offense. Um, so I'm going to play the under of 42 points in this game. Uh, does anyone have anything else on this one? Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you, Dean. I like the Vipers, too, in this game. Um, why? You look back, the Vipers at home um, you know, scored 25 against the defenders, and their other home game they lost by one possession um, to what we've described as the XFL league best um, Houston Roughnecks. Um, and every other loss of theirs, save for a week one against the Guardians when they had a completely different cornerback and seemingly offensive scheme, um, they've kept every game within one possession. Hmm. So this is a team, I think, that's that's on the bubble. They're ready to burst. The 1-4 and four record, I think, is a little bit fluky. Um, I know that different power rankings, hey, listen, it's it's the Vipers and uh, the Dragons that are, you know, circling the bottom of the drain here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that at home against maybe a not-so-well-rested-up uh, Battlehawks team that just went through a, a tough loss of their own. So now I'm starting to question how good the Battlehawks really are, especially when I thought the defenders were probably trending downward. So, you know, we're at that waypoint in the season where – we're trying to develop these narratives, and and most of them are right, but there's the teams that hang around the middle. It's it's still hard to tell, and uh, I actually have a tough time picking between the Renegades and the Defenders when we talk about them. Um, but I think the Vipers in this spot. Does anyone have a line for me? Yeah, it's uh, St. Louis minus three, and the total is forty-two. Okay, I like I like the Vipers than than getting three points. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like I said, especially at home, especially with their track record, they're they're. Their team is better than the record indicates. Looking at the numbers, their offensive stats, and maybe it's because they're behind in games, they're very similar to some of the best in the league. I think, if anything, the Vipers have to really step it up on defense. Mm-hmm. I know that the uh, the Battle Hawks average just about two sacks a game, um, and the Vipers average one. So, uh, you know, when you look at those numbers, they're literally doubling. And uh, if that defense can do its job against the Battle Hawks, this, this could be, I just think, an outright win let alone getting an extra three points. Yeah, and then um, kind of – so, John, I just want yeah. to go ahead and expand on that. You said outright sure. win. Tampa Bay money line is plus 145. That has to be in your ledger, doesn't it? It's, it is. It is Plus 145 seems a little low for me. If it was maybe a plus 200 in that range, mm-hmm. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. I'd rather take the points in that situation. Johnny, big game hunter, looking for that <laughs> two-to-one odds. And uh, just to wrap up on a, a little bit of stats, actually, uh, Tampa Bay – the number one and two offenses, but they're also the number one and two defenses. Uh, number one and two offenses in rushing yards as well. So um, it may be a little bit weird if you have your stat book open. Um, as you know that we are all stat guys here. Um, you may be looking and say, oh, the, the best offenses. I think that's more of a confluence of um, who they played and their style. I think that they're the only teams that really grind it out and put their no, uh, put their heads down and run the ball consistently, which actually ends up uh, kind of really tiring out some of these defenses. So uh, did me and John just kind of use this one up, uh, or do you guys have anything, anything else, to, else to add on to this? This is on my ledger as a pass. All right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll leave it at that. I don't want any part of this game, but I respect your very sharp opinions. Now, Joe, yesterday, um, of course, the, the Slack people have heard our Power Rankings episode and um, I kind of feel like you did last week. Uh, I yesterday said I got St. Louis number two and Tampa Bay number eight. 
but yet um, I'm leaning to Tampa Bay plus three. Um, What do you think? Is that completely horrible? Should I change my power rankings? Uh, Any advice that you could give for me, uh, a a new um, power rankings type of guy? No, definitely. I think you nailed it. Um, I would lean under and lean Battlehawks here. I think the issue is something that I kind of look for when I'm taking unders because I automatically lean unders in the XFL. But I look for a poor team playing at home facing a good offense that's on the road. If you look at the Battlehawks, what they do on the road, especially offensively, is far different than what they do at home. It's kind of like the uh, the Saints. They play the, the Battlehawks themselves play in a dome, and they have a really good home field advantage. So I think if I had to have a play here, uh, it would be taking the under since the Battlehawks are on the road, and I just don't feel like they're uh, they're quite the offensive powerhouse. They they definitely have question marks on offense. I think last game the injuries to the offensive line hurt for sure. But um, I lean Battlehawks, and I also lean the under, but I will not be playing this we'll see maybe at game time if i see a better number or something like that but uh i think you guys knocked this one out of the park as well right and that there you have it guys um you got a double like you got a double like on a total here so uh i don't know we have such a great record this year i would probably um go and run to your ledger and take that um i could only see this total moving down uh not up so of course i would like this total down to 39 and a half of course i like getting that extra two and a half points but like i like I've been saying to you guys all along, the average games are 38-39. I don't understand why the books just don't open up like that. So I think that we're getting about two and a half to three points of value. And while we're talking about totals, the lowest total on the board this week is the Dallas Renegades plus four and a half at DC Defenders, obviously minus four and a half. And the game total on that one is 35. Um, any any plays on this one? Um well, what do you like? That I, 35 off the bat for me seems very low. Yes. Very, very low. So the books are saying that's about four and a half points lower than an average game. But, yeah. I mean, if you dive into the Renegades and Defenders, what we do know, right? Mm-hmm. We know that the Renegades for the second consecutive week are going to be running out with their backup quarterback. Landry Jones is going to be sidelined once again. We're going to be getting Nelson, who has right. proven – his week one and two stat, his week one and week five stats are almost identical, right? You know he's only going to throw about fifty percent of completion rate. You know he's going to throw the ball a bajillion times, and it's not really going to go anywhere, <laughs> right? All right, and now you have the defenders who just made a quarterback change uh, from Cardell Jones to now this Jackson guy. We really didn't see that much of him because they ran the ball a whole bunch, uh, but he's pretty good. Nine to 64 percent. He only had thirty nine yards, but he he basically just ignited that offense for the defenders even though there's a lot of field goals kicked. This game, to me, I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Props to the bookmakers for that under. Yeah. Because that is actually a, a – I mean, to me, it's just a great number because it's going to mm-hmm. basically get the public saying, holy shit, 35 points. Like, there's no way possible that it's mm-hmm. not going to go over. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's got to be more than 35 points. So, for me, if anything with this game, I would lean the under. I'm, yeah. I'm taking, the, I'm taking mm-hmm. the bait and saying, you know what? 35, these offenses are both kind of very stagnant right now. Mm-hmm. You don't know what we're going to get. Uh, defenders being the home team, the only way I see this over actually hitting is if there's some uh, some 52-second three-score luck, <laughs> as we saw last week. But yeah, once again, too true. I don't like the, the total. I don't like either of these teams. I have no idea what to expect because yeah. of the, the lack of offense. Right. So because of that, it is a complete pass for me. What I will say, if I had to put any type of money on it, I would try and go under 35. And I I can't imagine that line moving any further under 35. No, I, I think if anything, I would say that um, if anything, it would move uh, above 35. Yeah. Like if you want to wait, you might be able to get like a 36, 36 mm-hmm. and a half, something like that. Um, but that's that's kind of how I feel about that total. I think that it is a little bit low. Um, yeah. I think at that point, there I automatically lean over. But hey, I'm not the XFL guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, mainly because you you guys are. Well, and Zach I- is three and zero in his locks <laughs> of the week. But uh, I'm really curious. Speaking of XFL guys, I'm really curious to see uh, Joe. What do you think of this one? Um, I know that the defenders are one that you know you've been kind of higher on than, than some. Um, how do you how do you kind of rate this one? Yeah, and and I'll jump in because I want to ask you a question too, Joe. Because I'm at a I'm at a loss for both of these teams. Are any of these teams top tier? Are they both top tier? Are they both bottom tier? Because they both I feel like they both could be the worst teams in the mm-hmm. league, but then they they could show up and be one of the top three. So yeah, I, just, that's, I need that's, I need your opinion. Too. 
Yeah, man, that's something that me and Dean mentioned on the Power Rankings episode, where the Roughnecks are the clear one. Battlehawks are probably two. I would say I'm probably like 80% of the Power Rankings list that people have. Uh, they are for ours, definitely. But then three through eight is just a total crapshoot. It's just we have – there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can poke holes. Like I, I have the Defenders fourth, and I have the Renegades seventh. So this is actually going to be a like for me on the Defenders – Total fade against the Renegades here. The Renegades actually uh, switched offensive coordinators. Now you think, oh, wow, did the offensive coordinator not do a good job or something like that? No, he actually broke his leg. How Mummy uh, was bumped into on the sideline. Well, it was more like a crash. It wasn't just a bump. But How uh, Mummy broke his leg, and they're they're moving over uh, to a different guy who's actually called plays before, so he's not just a novice. Um, that, that gave me a little bit of caution but the defenders at home are a different team. We talked about what the home field advantage can mean. And, uh, you know, especially when they're facing a very poor team on the road, uh, they don't have anything going for them right now. I think four and a half is crazy small. I think we might see this get up to six, six and a half. To be totally honest, anywhere in between four and a half and six is good. But once you get to that six and a half range, then you get a touchdown and a conversion. So this is a like for me mm-hmm. on the defenders. Um, they, like I said, defense defense at home. They are tremendous. They have a fantastic home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. guys. And uh, I just have a, you know, a quick question for you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. do we think that the beer snake increases in size <laughs> this week? Oh, Dude, oh Lord, I hope so. I, I really <laughs> love, I really love the energy of the XFL. And this is something that has kind of really grabbed me. And also it's going to be something that will definitely affect my NFL viewership. Um, the fact that they are allowed to just talk to the players on the sidelines, I think that's I really that. cool. I uh, also, like all the little fanfare, it's like the attitude era of the NFL. I, yeah. I really like that. But, guys, I, I did want to chime in, and I think I might have more on the defenders a little bit later. But I just want to shed a little bit of spotlight on Tyree Jackson. Of course, he was the Buffalo quarterback. Um, Buffalo as in the Mac school. Buffalo. Max and baby. And they were yeah. pretty good. They won a bowl game um, his senior year. He's a pretty capable quarterback, as well as um, Cardell Jones. I would really love to see them run a little bit of uh, some wildcat type things, kind of take a page out of Tampa Bay's book when Flowers was actually happy with them. But, um, guys, I I think that we're going to get a little bit more of that when we have our best bet segment. So um, that's something that just just remember me talking about that. Sure. Yeah, take take that one because, yeah, like I said, mm -hmm. this is is tough. I'm with you, Joe. If I had to choose just because I've been so soured by how the Renegades have played the past couple of weeks – I would take the defenders if, if not only just for the home field advantage and the fact that they, you know, they they had a, a pretty solid win against the Battlehawks last week. I guess they ride that momentum into this week. Yeah, and of course, don't forget to um, kind of look a little bit deeper um, inside the stats. I mean, of course, we we all know that the DC had a touchdown that ended up getting called back, so they are a little bit mm. better of an offense than maybe their stats show. Sure. But um, guys, a team that I think is a lot worse than their stats show is the LA Wildcats minus yep. two and a half. Their game total is 45. Of course, they are going into Seattle. Um, does the 12th man go to the XFL? Yes, um, they do. I mean, as long as they're not scared off by the coronavirus. That's a good point. Sure, Maybe this that is week. heavily affecting the Seattle area. That, that is a good point. And um, a confirmed case at their stadium, too. But, yes, um, I am. <laughs> are you serious? Yes, yes. This is news to me. Yeah. yeah. But, wow. But, hey, uh, honestly, uh, I'll reserve Our you. Seattle listeners out there. Please be safe. I'll, I'll reserve you uh, my conspiracy corner, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we still got an XFL game to play. That's Seattle as a road, or excuse home me, that dog. is LA as a road favorite. Seattle is a home dog, 12th man, 45 and a half. The first thing that jumps out at me is that the total seems pretty high. Um, guys, what, what do you? What do we have on this one? What, what is everyone like? I love the home dog. I feel like that in the XFL, it seems to be that the home dog has had success. I don't have the numbers out in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I know last week we had a couple home dogs come through with the victory, or at least a cover. Um, the Dragons, once again, I talked about it last week. B.J. Daniels has changed their offense. He's got big play capabilities. You see a little RPO going on, a lot of like fake runs and passes down the field, which I like. They hung 23 points up against the Roughnecks last week. The Wildcats, all right? This is why we're fading the Wildcats. Their defense is atrocious and, and not just atrocious like i whatever word is worse than atrocious lethargic they were just like they were getting blown out overcame an 18 point deficit and still let the vipers 
march all the way down the field in the last, what, four minutes of the game. They yeah. scored a touchdown, and then were literally a Cornelius pick away from mm-hmm. the game being tied. The Dragons should be able to run the ball effectively and score easily on the Wildcats. The Wildcats, another thing let's talk about, all right? They're coaching. How yes. many 12 men on the field penalties did they have? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I counted a minimum of three. There might even have been four. Two All men. right? They're not going to have the home field advantage. They're going to have the 12s going wild out there, hopefully, if they're not quarantined. So, for me, this is more so of a complete wildcat fade. They're not going to be able to hang up 41 points every week. You saw when they went on the road to the Guardians, they only scored 14 points. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, the Defenders game, they were home, they scored 39. When they're away again, the Renegades, 25. Uh, to me, the Wildcats are a much worse team than what they look on paper, specifically their defense. I see the Dragons blowing them out. Wow. Wow. All right. I you truly believe that uh, this wow. game, that whatever plus points it is, take, I'm actually saying take money line. Wow. You want right. to go Dragons money line here. And get the most value. I don't have the number in front of me. Yeah. I know they're plus two and a half, but I would assume mm-hmm. it would be at least plus 140 to yeah, 150. Mm-hmm. Don't even bother with the points. This is going to be a Dragons wow. shellacking. Yeah, so so just a, a couple of wrap-ups. And honestly, I think that when you actually look at the stats and like crack it open, at least this is one that um, kind of surprised me a little bit. You know, Josh Johnson only has two picks on the season um, last week. First play of the game threw a pick, and then the, the narrative became Josh Johnson sucks. All he does is throw picks. Um, he actually doesn't. He's all right. Uh, the thing with the Wildcats that really scares me is that they cannot run the ball at all. And, Zach, to um, kind of highlight some of your points, Seattle is actually dead last in offensive yards. And I believe, yes, they are. They are dead last in defensive yards allowed. So um, and things have not been kind yeah. to Seattle. I was looking for the one little sliver of hope. They do have nine takeaways on the season, which is elite. It's right up there with Houston. But – who else is up there with Houston? That's L.A. with 12 takeaways as well. So I really think that um, this is going to be one, and I know that Joe had mentioned some live plays too. Um, this is one that I think I'm going to want, wait in the live bet. I think that um, by the time that this game kicks off, which is at 7 o'clock on Sunday, I think a lot of the public's going to be a little bit tired. They're going to maybe tune out, especially if the game isn't as good and as um, compelling as it was last week. I really think that um, the type of offense that Seattle runs with, with Daniels is – once they show you a look, they aren't going to – I don't think their offense is – I don't think Jim Zorn is complex enough to show you a false look and then adjust in the middle of the game. And if you look against Houston, they kind of got figured out. I mean, um, there's only so many things you could do with the guile of um, motion and quarterback um, keepers and read options and things like that. So I really think that um, if Seattle goes up early like they did this week, I really um, am going to be looking for L.A. as a comeback, mainly because – Josh Johnson has the most pedigree out of anyone in the XFL. Um, Joe, I know that you're a huge live betting fan. What do you what do you think about this game um, or anything else that we talked about? So not quite sure about a live betting opportunity, um, but I do have two plays on this game. And finally, Zach, we disagree. And also I think um, I, I kind of get the feeling that everyone's leaning to the Dragons. So I might be on an island here. Um, I like L.A., because of Josh Johnson. Now, I'm trying not to overthink it. These games end up just being power-ranking matchups right now. I, I don't see, in these four games, I don't see too many situational spots. I don't see too many travel spots. It just comes down to numbers. It just comes down to Team A is plus or minus this against Team B. So when you look at the Roughnecks, they there's no Saturday to Sunday, and the Guardians did this, and, and now all of a sudden there's a travel spot like we had last week and the week before and the week before that. So I'm I'm just I, I I look at this number and I see LA two and a half point favorites and I think that they're just better than that. I think this can get all the way up to five. I don't think it will um, because I think that BJ Daniels and Jim Zorn have hoodwinked the nation and I think that they are not good. And uh, he I think he had like under 115 yards passing. So he's pretty he pretty much is a quarterback with no arms. He just has legs and he runs around. And I think that that can get very old. I think he can stack the box. I think he might make a couple mistakes. Um, two last points here. Uh, the home field advantage might be completely taken away. They might not let people into the stadium. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Definitely monitor that Monitor mm-hmm. that situation because if that does happen. I will say if that, if that is the case, then you can literally throw out my handicap. <laughs> exactly. There's nobody in the stadium. I want nothing to do with that game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That, that becomes very – 
very tough. So, all right, my, my last two points here, I wish I could take an alternate number because Dean mentioned the margin of victory has been like upwards of eight, maybe even more now after uh, a couple of those high scoring games that we saw last week. Um, two and a half is almost a dead number to me. We don't see field goal games like we do in the NFL In NFL, the three point margin is so important in this. It seems like it's five to eight. Like it's just ridiculous. Teams get, get blown out all the time. So I wish I could take an alternate number, uh, but I can't. And then the last point is I would love the under even more if there's no one in the stadium, because that's just, there's no energy. Um, I, I know that when you say there's no one in the stadium, that might actually be good for offenses because they can hear the snap count and all that. But I tried to rack my head around it. I think that that's the only advantage that I would give them. So, okay, congratulations. There's no false starts, but there's also no energy in the building. So I think that that's huge for a defense to jack people up and and get all excited. So I like LA and I also like the under. So I think that brings me up to three likes this week. So uh, I'm sorry to rain on the parade, man. We agree on everything except for this game. I have a question for you. Does, Does the, like the Wildcats, horrible defense worry you even a little bit absolutely that they oh, can it, let the dragons back in the game it totally worries me i'm cringing and i'm covering my eyes as i place this bet i'm just hoping that the two and a half is enough for the offense and also the margin of victory that we've seen and not to mention the uh um i just spaced i almost called them the roughnecks the wildcats had two turnovers oh, early the in the cats. game and they went down yeah <laughs> did you say rough cats jeez the uh yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> So the rough what a great game. <laughs> dude, they had two turnovers early on in the game and they still managed to come back. So if you take away those two Very really good, good field guys. positions that the Vipers had, then LA might even win bigger. And then this spread is looking at four and a half, five. If you take away uh, that weird fluke snap that went over Josh Johnson's head, you can't take away the pick. Obviously that was just a mistake on his part, but uh, I'm going to wrap right. this whole thing up with that. I'm just going to leave you with uh, LA with a like, and then the under, with a like as well. All right, awesome. So, I, I said a quick question. I maybe I haven't watched the Wildcats enough. But you guys are saying they're a bad defense. They're third in the league in sacks, first in the league in interceptions, and they're second in the league in tackles. They are second to last in yards allowed. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so but also that, so the, that's uh, that. But I mean, look, but look, they are dead last in points allowed. Okay. Also, the, so I guess, they uh, so, they had I mean, four picks but, against the defenders. I think that's kind of what's skewing this a little okay. bit. Yeah. Okay. And they so also got to play Landry Jones. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they have so many picks. No, but gotcha. that's actually, that actually brings up a really good thing. I mean, you're hearing us uh, live, you know, kind of dissect the way that we handicap and stuff. And that's something that, you know, depending on um, what type of handicapper you are, some people weight things um, differently. Like I personally would weight um, kind of yards and points a little bit more heavily, whereas, um, you know, different handicappers take the more of the perspective of get, giveaways could be more heavily weighted. Um, I know for college basketball, um, you're going to hear more about that uh, coming up this week in the in our podcast feed, but I definitely weight um, three-point shot attempts as a bad thing. I don't want a team to run down and shoot a low percentage shot. I want my team to go in and bang the boards and bang the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the UTEP miners are one of the teams that I've probably bet on the most and one of the most because they were number one from inside. So it's just a, that that's a that's a good thing. I'm glad that I'm glad that we had that because it's one of those things that you just have to keep in mind, you know. You can have all the databases in the world, but if you're not listening to us kind of tell you how to interpret some of this information, um, that's where, you know, you might run into making some bad bets. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, guys, like between the four of us, sometimes five of us, shout out to you, Mikey Hoff, uh, (laughs) and also happy belated birthday. Yes. Yes. Happy belated, Mikey. Family member, Mikey Hoff. Um, (laughs) We have... Five people here who are legitimately watching every game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I know like everyone watches the NFL and like, yeah, we're bragging about being couch potatoes, but it's true because in the XFL, if you don't know a lot about it and you're just looking at power rankings and just kind of saying, oh, Josh Johnson, good. BJ Daniels, bad. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There's no substance to that. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to really dig into it. And, you know, as, as a podcast, we're, we're watching these games. We're doing the research. So you don't have to. Exactly. So are we always going to be correct? Probably well, not. Of course Fluk- not. Fluky things mm-hmm. happen, but for the most part, I think easily, I mean, we are so much more successful oh, than yeah. any NFL, you know, <laughs> podcast that we put out. Absolutely. That's simply because, guys, there's only four games a week. Yeah, and we're, we're really all, 
all over this one. Um, you know, like like we were saying, fifteen and five in the channel. That's uh, a very high rate. So, guys, before we get to our best bet segment, uh, I just want to kick to some audio from our partners in the red zone. Of course, you can find them on YouTube at In the Red Zone with Sean and Mike. Um, the link is in the bio. We've been getting a ton of great feedback about this. Um, it's been a fantastic partnership. And honestly, I, I lean to them for some of my XFL research. Uh, when it comes to game time, I definitely want to throw on their episode to make sure that I have everything. So we have very special guest, uh, Mike, giving some of his plays for this week. Yeah, guys, how's it going? Uh, last week, the last two weeks, really not good for me overall with picks against the spread 2-2, two and two, against the over-under 2-2 two and two each of the last two weeks. However, my locks, 2-0 uh, two, oh two weeks ago, 2-0 and oh last week, so uh, pretty good as far as that goes. Let's get into XFL Week 6, uh, what I think uh, as far as my locks go. And uh, the, t- the two games I really were taking a look at here is um, Houston Roughnecks are heading up to New York to take on the Guardians, um, Houston is a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into this. One of the things that struck me is, despite Houston being 5-0, and uh, their average margin of victory is only 9.4, and it's only 6.75 in the last four games. Uh, they beat L.A. by 20, beat St. Louis by 4, Tampa Bay by 7, Dallas by 7, and Seattle by 9. So despite Houston being 7-0, and uh, they're not really – blowing anybody out of the water so that that was a a pretty telling sign for me so for me the lock this week one of my locks is going to be I'm taking the New York Guardians at plus six and a half Um, and I I kind of feel like this might be um, the first loss for for Houston Uh, I think traveling up there to New York might be a little difficult for them so I will definitely take the Guardians in the plus six and a half but I would not be surprised uh, if New York comes out with a win from this so that's something to keep an eye on uh, the second game that I took a look at that I feel pretty confident about, uh, the Battle Hawks are heading down to Tampa Bay to take on the Vipers. Right now the Battle Hawks are three-point favorites. Uh, just some notes here. Tampa Bay has scored 25 and 34 points in the past two games. Taylor Cornelius is really starting to look like the gunslinger that he was at Oklahoma State. Davion Smith has been getting it done on the ground. He was kind of held in check last week, uh, but he's more than capable of hitting a 100-yard game at any point. Tampa Bay is averaging 28.6 points per game over the last three games uh, after starting off pretty abysmal in their first two weeks, only scoring three and nine. But the last three games since making the switch to Taylor Cornelius, uh, Tampa Bay has really been coming on. And despite the one and four record, I think they're a much better team than that. They scored 34 last week against L.A. To me, the best XFL game of the season so far. Um, So for anybody who didn't stay up late to watch that game last week in L.A., um, you missed a great one. Um, St. Louis is only averaging 21.2 points per game. Uh, the most they've scored this this year is 29 against those Guardians that we just talked about. So when I really look at it and I look at the numbers, um, I feel like despite St. Louis, everybody kind of the consensus being that they're the most well-rounded, um, most complete team. They have a really good defense. I think they have nine sacks on the year. And Jordan Tamu has is, is been playing great. Uh, he's a good game manager. He he gets it done when he needs to. He can also get it done running ball on the ground. But I think Tampa Bay is about to go on a roll. I just see these Vipers as as they found something. Uh, they're they're playing so much better. They're scoring a lot of points. You know, twenty eight point six points per game in the XFL as low scoring as some of these games have been. That's that's pretty impressive. So uh, give me Tampa Bay in the plus three um, against uh, St. Louis, and and I won't be surprised at all if the Vipers come out with the, op- the outright win. So the money line might be pretty enticing for some of you out there uh, going into this game. One last thing I want to mention before I uh, turn it back over to you guys. Um, I've been harping all year about the quarterback play in the XFL. It's been pretty pretty bad, really. I mean, starting the season. And everything starts and ends with the quarterback on offense. And so you have to have good quarterback play to have – good offensive play and to be a league that's going to be enticing to fans every seven of the eight teams have kind of found their quarterback Um, bj daniels is doing better in seattle he's the stats aren't perfect but he has sparked something in them Uh, in new york you have luis perez came in from matt mcgloin matt mcgloin's got a horrible attitude Uh, the guy's probably a locker room cancer in my opinion and i think perez is the spark they needed again you look at the stats he's not doing great um, but he's got that team playing as a team. 
Everybody else has settled in. Taylor Cornelius, um, Josh Johnson's playing phenomenal. He was he would be my MVP for Week Five. I think he had a better game than PJ Walker. Walker currently the MVP of the league, sitting after um, at the midway point. The only team, in my opinion, who hasn't nailed down a quarterback is Dallas. Landry Jones has played terrible. He's you know I call him Mr. Pick. He's good for two to three uh, interceptions per week. He's currently injured. Uh, Philip Nelson has yet to throw a touchdown pass in the XFL. And then you've got Eric Dungy, the Syracuse grad, sitting there. Um, he's been gone for personal reasons for a little while, is now back. Um, and then you have Brogan Roback. And if anybody who knows anything about Brogan Roback, he was a great quarterback at Eastern Michigan when he was in college. And he was also part of that Cleveland Browns team that was part of Hard Knocks uh, series on HBO. He's a capable quarterback. So in my opinion, Dallas really needs to either give Dungy the snaps or go with Roback. But Nelson and Landry Jones are not the answer for Dallas. Um, and until Dallas settles in on a quarterback who who doesn't turn the ball over and is just a decent game manager, uh, until they find their quarterback, Dallas is not going to win another game in my opinion. So um, things not looking good in Dallas there right now but that uh, overall those are my locks this week that's my take on quarterback play in the xfl interesting to hear what you guys have to say about all of it so uh turn it back over to you guys and uh talk to you again next week all right that was great audio and of course uh mike you're going head-to-head with uh zach on the houston guardian uh, houston versus guardians why do i do that I say, i'm just I say saying the city and then the other team I'm, sorry, I'm just yeah. saying mike uh, if you want to reach out to us i'd be more than happy to do a pizza bet with you for sunday's games you know if the, uh, if the guardians do indeed uh cover yeah uh, i'll be more than happy to ship a pizza of your choice to your address <laughs> as long as you'll reciprocate for me when i inevitably extend my xfl streak to 4 0 in the last love four it. Weeks. I love it. We're laying the gauntlet down here. So, um, guys, I, th- I think without further ado, let's get to our uh, locks of the week. So, I buried the lead off the top, and um, I'm actually, it's kind of quiet during this game, but I will go ahead and make my lock of the week the DC Defenders minus four and a half. I just think that it, it's a horrible spot for Dallas. Yes, they're traveling. Again, they just had a flat spot at home. I really. Don't trust this team with Philip Nelson at all. I think that they, aside from that fluky kickoff return touchdown, they didn't get near the end zone last week. They're just all in all a pretty bad team. DC going to Tyree Jackson, you may think, oh, no, they benched Cardell Jones for for some no-name. Well, I happen to really know this no-name, and I like his style of play. Um, Honestly, at this juncture, I think that he gives them a better chance to win. And even if I do get Cardell Jones, he's still – Pretty good. I mean, it wasn't. It, it was a couple of weeks ago that everyone was talking about how he's never lost a game at any level, high school, college, etc. Um, good old twelve gauge. So depending on which quarterback it is, it does not affect my my love for this. I just think Dallas is one of the worst teams in the league. In the power rankings episode, I had them at seven. Um, yeah, we definitely want to fire on this one. DC defenders minus four and a half. My lock of the week. Wowzers. Go ahead, John. What do you got? My lock of the week is going to be the Vipers uh, plus three. Nice. The Vipers, I've only played – this is only going to be their third home game this season. Um, they they blew out uh, the defenders 25 nothing in week four. And like I said, they lost by one possession to the Roughnecks. Um, so this is a Vipers team that's a little feisty. Uh, and I think that they could um, – I think that they could cover. Joe, what do you got? Man, you guys are making it hard on me. Uh, I was I was probably going to go D.C., but I think Dean crushed it with that one. You guys just heard it, man. Let's go with the Wildcats. And, I, and like I said, I'm cringing when I do that, but we're going to go with the Wildcats laying two wow. and a half. So we, I think this is going to be the first week where we have four separate locks wow. a week. Yeah. So this is really going to put our our winning ticket podcast <laughs> record yep. at, at stake here. Uh, but as you, I've said it, this podcast already – my lock of the week is going to be the public darling Houston Roughnecks. Uh, minus six and a half at New York Guardians. I've given you my handicap. I like it up to eight, eight and a half even. Uh, and I might even dig in in the live bet if they're really putting the hurting on them. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm the one here with a great 
undefeated streak, and I'm going to continue to be cocky until I lose. <laughs> and that's exactly how it's done, guys. Um, you won't find a better uh, XFL pod out here. Um, you know, we encourage you. We're so confident. Go out and listen to more. Um, you definitely want to listen to In the Red Zone. That, that's for certain. And, of yeah. course, um, th- thank you again to Mike who uh, supplied that beautiful audio. Of course, that link is in the show notes as well and um guys i think that that's that uh that should wrap up this week um please continue to follow us at winning ticks pod on twitter and instagram and um continue reviewing we've we've read a couple of some really kind reviews we hope to continue entertaining you guys and giving you those great picks of course um and uh, like i said if you've been watching xfl as well reach out to us um you know we love having guests on the show we love um you know supporting each other's work um there's xfl is is still in its infancy um so the more of this kind of content that goes out the more that gets drummed up you know vince mcmahon and his leather bound you know multi-million dollar chair gets to do a little (laughs) bit more uh pour it back into the xfl to make it truly into a a a year-to-year league so guys i'll tell you what i'm doing right now is i'm gonna do the winning ticket parlay all right. We got four separate picks. All right. Let's throw it in there. Let's see which one of us causes the downfall <laughs> of the winning ticket parlay. All right. I, I love that uh, method. I, I believe we hit a winning ticket teaser during football season. Yeah, a few of them. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was a ton of fun. And, and guys, you know what? You, you listen to this audio, you know what you're going to expect. And that is having fun. It, it's minus 1,000. It's pretty much a lock, but, I mean, we have to make the odds. So... That's it. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thank you again for joining us here.